This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Zoomer Week in Review, heard every Sunday at noon on AM 740 Zoomer Radio. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by Chartwell Seniors Housing and Sun Life Financial. Good afternoon and welcome to the Zoomer Week in Review, all things Zoomer worldwide. I'm Libby Snymer. These days you can find discounts on just about anything online, books, home appliances, vacations, clothing. But there are some deals that you might not want to jump at, no matter how good they seem. I did follow up with a plastic surgeon who saw me in the week following the um, injection. And he indicated to me that there were very sparse traces of Botox scattered throughout my face. That woman had a terrible experience with her online discount Botox injections. She's not alone. Some clinics are bending the rules when they offer discount cosmetic procedures. I'll have the details later. Plus, with people in the United States still arguing about science versus the Bible, my guest has a very Canadian solution. Daniel Friedman says both sides are right. And this week we lost a great musical pioneer, keyboardist John Lord from the band Deep Purple. We'll take a look back at how he helped invent the loud and heavy rock sound of the 1970s, and we'll hear one of the most iconic rock songs of all time. But first, here are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. The world's most wanted World War II Nazi war criminal has finally been arrested. 97-year-old Laszlo Shatari was the former police chief of a concentration camp in the Slovakian city of Kosice, then part of Hungary. Shatari is suspected of abusing Jews and deporting thousands to Auschwitz. He was convicted of war crimes and sentenced to death in 1948, but escaped by fleeing to Canada. For years, he worked as an art dealer in Montreal, but he escaped our country after being unmasked by war crimes investigators in 1995. Last weekend, authorities discovered he'd been living peacefully under his own name in Budapest for 17 years. He was taken into custody this week. If you drive a car, Meals on Wheels needs you. There's a serious shortage of drivers in North Toronto, and unless more people volunteer, about 100 very vulnerable seniors won't be able to get their hot meals. If you'd like to help out, contact Senior People's Resources in North Toronto at 416-481-6411. That's 416-481-6411. Well, many of us are getting ready to enjoy the London 2012 Olympics from the comfort of our air-conditioned living rooms. But maybe we should be getting up off that couch and acting a little more like the athletes we'll be watching. We know that being inactive increases your risk of developing many chronic diseases. Heart disease, stroke, type 2 diabetes, certain types of cancer. So because it is such a common risk factor for many of the chronic diseases that we suffer from, on balance, if you are physically inactive, your risk of premature mortality is probably comparable to that of smoking. 
That's Dr. Ayman Lee, co-author of a new report in The Lancet, which says physical inactivity causes one in ten deaths worldwide. That's over five million a year. The results also suggest that public health officials treat this situation as a pandemic. About a third of adults don't get enough exercise. Experts recommend two and a half hours a week of walking, cycling, gardening, or whatever you enjoy. It's Saturday Night Live. It's an iconic show for Zoomers. Saturday Night Live has lost one of the people that shaped the show. Tom Davis was one of the first writers hired in 1975. He arrived with Al Franken. The two were a duo, Franken and Davis, and even shared a single salary. They performed regularly on the program, but it was behind the scenes as a writer where Davis thrived. He helped create some of the most memorable Saturday Night Live sketches, including the Coneheads, Dan Aykroyd's Julia Child impressions. And Nick, the lounge singer. It's time for the Franken and Davis Show, starring Al Franken and Tom Davis. And now here's Al and Tom. Davis stayed with Saturday Night Live until 1994. He passed away this week from throat and neck cancer at his home in Hudson, New York. He was 59 years old. I'm Libby Snymer, and those are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. Tens of thousands of Canadian Zoomers take these treatments each year. Non-surgical cosmetic procedures using injectables like Botox and Juvederm are getting more popular all the time. Now you can even buy them at a discount through online group buying sites like Groupon. But as I found in this investigation, some of those clinics bend the rules, and it's the clients who suffer. The medical doctor refused to give me the treatment unless I purchased additional units. He was suggesting I needed considerably more than I had had the previous time. He proceeded to administer、uh, the Botox. A number of days later, there was absolutely no change, and it was at that point that I realized that I had been taken advantage of. So she consulted a plastic surgeon who confirmed that hardly any Botox had been injected. He redid the procedure. This woman doesn't want her name used because, after all that, she got a refund from the discount doctor in exchange for signing an agreement to keep his name confidential and not to file a complaint with the College of Physicians and Surgeons. They are ready and waiting with their legal document、uh, to try and quiet people, and in the process, it allows them to continue the scam. Cosmetic physician Dr. Diane Wong has seen other unhappy coupon customers. Who've come to her Glow Medi Spa in Yorkville after a bad experience? So she went for the deal. She had complications. The injection was done by a nurse, and then she asked to see the physician to see if he could help her with this problem. She had a huge lump that migrated close to her eye when they were injecting her cheek. So they, she was told no, she couldn't see a physician. She wasn't given a reason why. She tried to find out. Who the physician was, but there was no way to find out. She could not find out who the responsible acting physician was. Dr. Wong performs all the assessments and injections herself, full service at full price. The demand is there; people want it, but the thing is, they want it cheaper. So they will、uh, sacrifice the quality of the、uh, service. For getting a deal, it's not necessarily that much of a deal. One clinic recently offered 60% off one syringe of Juvederm. Dr. Wong says most people need three or four syringes to get the desired result. 
Once you buy those at full price, around $650 each, you end up saving 15 or 20% in exchange for inferior service. And so once that demand drives it, people, business people come into the industry and see where they can make um, monetary gain. And oftentimes these places that are running these Groupon and discount things are people that are business people. They see the money. I decided to check it out myself and found some disturbing information when I called a number of the clinics that sold these online vouchers. I'd like some information about the Botox and the Juvederm. Uh, do you have voucher? Uh, yes. Who injects the Juvederm? Actually, uh, we have uh, Zora and Dr. Camel. Dr. Camel is eye surgeon. Is an eye surgeon? Yes. And he injects the Juvederm? Uh, no, no. It's, it's not the doctor that injects. It's the other person. Uh, yes. And she has a license as what? She's a nurse? She's medical doctor. She's a doctor licensed in Ontario? No, no, in, from back home. From, where's that? It's Iran. So what we do is we use Juvederm as a filler to plump these lines and soften them. Botox and Juvederm are prescription drugs. According to the College of Physicians and Surgeons, a doctor must assess you before prescribing them. When you go to a deal site, you buy the service before that happens, if it happens. Here's the college's registrar, Dr. Rocco Gerace. The worry, of course, would be if 10 people have signed up, um, there's no guarantee that each of them would benefit from Botox. If they're saying, come one, come all, we'll give you Botox, that would be of concern to, to the profession. And how exactly will you be assessed? At one clinic I called, the discount deals don't buy FaceTime with the doctor. The doctor is doing a Skype with you, so he's going to be able to tell her exactly what to do. I don't meet the doctor. The doctor uh, does... Well, you, you, will, you will meet via Skype. Does that follow the rules? The college says it depends on whether the quality of the technology is sufficient to conduct an adequate assessment. Then there's the question of who does the injecting. At the deal sites, it's usually a nurse. I asked the college about the clinic using someone with a medical degree from Iran. Is that acceptable? Well, obviously not. I think that people are bending the rules and no one's um, looking to enforce the rules. So the rules are being bent um, and they're not being enforced. Therefore, the rules will continue to be bent. Dr. Gerace told me he wasn't aware of these problems until I brought them to his attention. So will the Ontario College of Physicians and Surgeons take action now that they know? I'll try to get an answer and report back to you. I'm Libby Snymer and you're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review. It's still a raging debate south of the border. Do you believe in evolution or creationism? Well, my next guest says they're both right. It's just a matter of crunching the numbers. That's next. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by Chartwell Seniors Housing and Sun Life Financial. By day, he's the CEO of Canada's largest aerospace company. But by night, he seeks to reconcile the opposing stories of creation from the Bible and science. I talked to Daniel Friedman after his fascinating talk at last month's Idea City conference. In science, we have a pretty clear timeline of everything that happened, starting 13.7 billion years ago, 
and culminating today or 200,000 years ago with humans. And in the Bible, we also have a timeline, but it's a six-day timeline, and it's less than 6,000 years ago. So we have a huge discrepancy. And what made you think that these two seemingly opposing ways of looking at the world could be reconciled? Well, actually, I read a statement in the Jewish scriptures that said that the Bible is a blueprint for creation. So if it is a blueprint, it's got to be an exact match. It's not stories. It's not approximate. It's got to be an exact match. And the blueprint doesn't make any sense until we figure out the scale. It says, you know, one inch is eight feet for your house, for example. As soon as you do that, then everything matches. So what was missing was the scale. What is a creation day? In the Bible, uh, there's a very exact timeline for when things happened in the creation story. Take us through that a bit. Okay, that's correct. So we're probably all familiar with uh, Genesis, where we have, you know, what happened in every day. And, but that's what happened in a day. That's not too accurate. But there's many other sources that go into quite a bit of detail as to what happened during the day. For example, in day six, where a lot of things happen, we have sources that tell us what happened every hour. My favorite is Adam's sin, which is given to the second, to be uh, 3 o'clock on Friday. Not 2.59, not 3.01, 3 o'clock, sharp. So you took all this together and you came up with a formula. Right. The first thing I did is I lined up all the events on a timeline from the biblical references, but they were all on, a, on the six-day timeline less than 6,000 years ago. And then the question is, what's the scale factor? What, what is a creation day? How do you convert a creation day to a human time day? And if you do that, then you can line things up. So I went looking in the sources for what a creation day might be and discovered that it was incredibly simple. A creation day is 7,000 times 1,000 times 365. That works out to be two and a half billion years. God keeps time very different than humans. In fact, in Psalms 94, I think, 90.4, it tells us that one divine day or one day for God is a thousand of our years. So that's where the thousand came from and that's where the 365 came from because I had to convert from days to years. So that's two of the three numbers. The third number, the 7,000, is a bit more complicated. Every seven in the Bible comes with multiplied by seven. So you have a, a sabbatical cycle of seven years for the land, but the jubilee is seven times seven, 49, the 50th. And all of these sevens to be completed are seven times seven, seven times seven. So there has to be seven of these 7,000 cycles. And if we're in one of those cycles now, there must have been six before us. And there were six creation days. So I figured that each day was one of those cycles. So each day was 7,000 God years, and each God day is 1,000 of our years. So you get 7,000 times 1,000 times the number of days in the year, 365. And it magically works. It works unbelievable. I mean, it works to the last decimal place. If you look at the beginning of day 5, 6 a.m., day 5, it says let the waters team. That is the first life situation. It's a microscopic life because later in day five it says he made, he made sea creatures and so on. And when we look in the fossil record at the earliest microscopic life in the oceans, it's around three and a half billion years ago. And so on with 20 events. Plants, animals, even the extinction of dinosaurs. Humans, they match. And then the surprise to me was that when I did this, I actually got enlightened about science from the Bible. That I wasn't expecting. 
And are you a believer, if I may ask? Yes, I was before I started this, but still I am. <laughs> okay, thank you very much. Thank you. Daniel Friedman's book, The Genesis One Code, is available on Amazon. You can hear his talk at the 2012 Idea City Conference at ideacityonline.com. I'm Libby Snymer, and you're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review. We'll take a break, and when we come back, your international arts datebook and remembering the life of John Lord, keyboard player from Deep Purple, who passed away earlier this week. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by Chartwell Seniors Housing and Sun Life Financial. Welcome back to the Zoomer Week in Review. I'm Libby Snymer. It's now time for the International Arts Datebook. Tips for those of you who are jetting around the world. Here's Jane Brown. In New York City, Shakespeare in the Park wraps up with Stephen Sondheim and James Lapine's dark fairy tale musical. Into the woods without regret, the choice is made, the task is set. Into the woods, but not forgetting why I'm on the journey. Into the Woods stars Donna Murphy, Amy Adams, and Dennis O'Hare. Previews begin tomorrow at the Delacorte Theater in Central Park. At the Metropolitan Museum of Art, see Dürer and Beyond, Central European Drawings, 1400 to 1700. The exhibition is an overview of the museum's collections of early Central European drawings. To London, where the National Portrait Gallery is celebrating the upcoming Summer Olympics. Road to 2012, Aiming High, is an exhibition of pictures of everyone from athletes to service workers gearing up for the big event. The exhibit was attended this past week by Catherine Duchess of Cambridge, who stepped out in a blue Stella McCartney dress. And in Paris, 90-minute tours of the Louvre are given by National Museum guides in both English and French. I'm Jane Brown. That's the International Arts Datebook. Thanks, Jane. This week, the rock and roll world lost a pioneer. John Lord, the keyboard player from Deep Purple, died of pancreatic cancer. He was a founding member of the group and helped write some of their most popular songs. He had a classical piano background. Growing up, he studied Bach, Mozart, Chopin, and Elgar. As a young man, he also developed a love for the blues, and it was the combination of these two styles that helped develop his unique sound that would influence a wave of hard rock organists and keyboard players who came after him. Here's some of John Lord's organ work in the classic Deep Purple song, Smoke on the Water. That was the organ playing of John Lord, the legendary keyboard player from Deep Purple. He passed away this week at the age of 71 from complications of pancreatic cancer. And that brings us to the end of another edition of the Zoomer Week in Review. I'm Libby Snymer. Thanks for joining me today. See you next week. You've been listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by Chartwell Seniors Housing and Sun Life Financial. This has been an exclusive podcast of the Zoomer Week in Review, heard every Sunday at noon on AM 740 Zoomer Radio. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. 
Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.